Hey everyone, it's your boy Captain Hunter coming at you again. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, much, much, much love and peace to you all out there. So, uh, so I just wanted to fill you guys in. I've been meaning to do this about what's been going on. Uh, I think I talked about it a little bit, but I've been really, really busy uh, recently. Um, you know, just doing some some more consulting work and um, just trying to make sure that those things are, are kicking off. Um, and I really wanted to try to change focus of the podcast to something that's more um, conducive to what's, what I think is, is important. Uh, for, you know, about two years now, I, spoke, I focused on uh, bridging the divide between the police and the community. And I talked about what the police need to do. And I, while I'm still thinking that there's a lot of reforms uh, that need to take place, you know, there's 18,000 514, I believe that's the exact number. I believe it is the exact number of police departments or sheriff's offices throughout the United States. And and I don't think that's including the federal um, federal um, ATF, FBI, etc. It may include that number. I'm not exactly sure. Anyway, um, so I, I certainly think that those that those entities need to develop and adopt some new plans. I mean, some new plans. I mean, we saw in the Ovalde, I'm, I'm sure I'm not pronouncing that right, Ovalde uh, shooting in Texas uh, that the, the SWAT team w- was not available and they had to wait for uh, the Border Patrol SWAT team to get there and handle all that. So there's a lot of things that need to happen. Um, in this particular, what we're going to talk about today, the Akron Police Department has had a number of shootings in the last few years. They had a new chief who's been there for about 10 months. I'm sure he's trying to make some demands and make some changes and things. Um, so there's a lot of changes that the police departments are really, really slow to make. But some of them are, are really progressive in their thinking and, and doing the best that they can. So I, I've just been really, really busy. So, uh, you know, I just want to, to say that. So I'm, I'm not exactly sure what's going to happen with the audio, whether I'm going to make a separate audio to talk about police issues. But I definitely, definitely am changing on my Instagram page, my Facebook page. I'm changing all those entities from Captain Hunter's podcast to simply Hunter's podcast. And a Hunter's podcast, I want to focus in on the young men, what we need to do, how to be the best versions of ourselves. That's probably going to be the tagline, becoming the best version of yourself. I was raised without a father. I was raised... Um, without, um, you know, I, I, although I did have guidance, I had strong uncles, I had strong, um, my grandfather lived in a, in a, b- b- the, the apartment beneath me, my uncles, I saw them. I w- went to summer camps. I had deacons at my church. I had a lot of different positive male role models. And I recognize that a lot of people don't have that. And when they don't have that, then they grow up with this type of confusion uh, that goes on. And I think that we've really got to do something about this type of confusion. We've got to do something about the lack of manhood. When I talk to young ladies, my daughter is in her 20s and she wants a, she wants a, a man and she wants a man's man. Right. So she wants someone who's going to be strong, a protective provider, who's on his game, who's on his grind, who knows his purpose and all these different things. And to hear her speak and to hear a lot of other people in the manosphere speak is that there's a lack of men. And we're trying to make men be the best version of themselves. And I want to lend my voice that I know what it's like to be be in that position. I was there. I was, I was there. I had a lot of self-doubt, a lot of lack of confidence and things like that. And one of the best things that I, that ever happened to me, top, top five things that ever happened to me, you know, besides my children being born and whatever was me becoming a police officer and then moving up the supervisory ranks because the things that I did not have, I had to develop that self-confidence, that assertiveness, command presence, the, the ability to speak before people. I had to develop, I had to work on it. Um, so a lot of 
talents are latent in individuals and it just needs to be brought out in the right circumstances and the right uh, and the right timing and all that so so that's where i'm at if you're not following me on social media please make sure that you do captain hunters podcast or hunters podcast now on instagram tiktok i just started a page over there um i would say twitter and all that i do have the twitter pages but i never ever post <laughs> so so um but on those I, on instagram i posted something talking about the Jalen Walker situation. I may actually end up putting this on Twitter too. I forgot that I can do that. And so what I think that the, that the issue, the issue in the Jalen Walker situation is, and I'm going to double down and triple down on this is that he should have just pulled over and stopped. Right? So I'm not trying to victim blame. I'm not trying to throw dirt in the man's name or anything like that, but we've got it. We've got it. My point in saying this is again, is making sure that men can be the best versions of themselves. And once again, I did this on the, on the show or on the platform that I want to make geared towards men, young men. And so it became controversial because people were responding in my Facebook page. Like I'm victim blaming. I'm throwing dirty guy's name. How dare you? You're disgusting and, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, I'm trying to give cover to the white man and trying to try to be his white man's lapdog and all that. The point is, we're trying to save the lives of black men. And the first thing we had to do was make sure that we're, that we're right and clean. So to, to, to summarize, the first video, the first is a, is a clip from the video that I did speaking about that, how young men need to respond and make sure that we're having our stuff in order. And the second one will be a breakdown of the Jalen Walker press conference that was given by the chief of police, by the mayor, by the deputy mayor. Uh, in the, which they showed a body cam vid, uh, video and I'm going to be breaking all that down. So thank you for tuning in. Make sure you rate, subscribe and share this, share these, uh, make it go viral and all that much love and peace. A young man by the name of Jalen Walker is now dead because of interaction that he had with police in similar fashion. This is, uh, it sparked protests and riots. According to another article that I read, uh, apparently he's, um, uh, uh, this is like the third shooting in a year or something like that for the Akron uh, Police Department, Akron, Ohio Police Department. So listen, maybe there's some reforms that need to come to Akron. Maybe there's some things that need to be done, some better training, things along those lines. So the first thing we had to do was really take a look at ourselves. Uh, you know, uh, there's a, a quote that's attributed to uh, Elijah Muhammad. Uh, I haven't been able to find it in writing, but it says that before we look at others, we have to look at ourselves. And According to the report that's in this article here is that Jalen was uh, trying to, uh, they were going to try to pull Jalen over for some kind of traffic violation. He then takes off and refuses to stop for the police. At this time, the police say that uh, during the high-speed chase that ensued on the highway, Route 8 there, that a shot was fired by, by Jalen. Um, and then car pulls over finally and then a foot chase ensues in which more shots are fired 60 rounds or whatever is going on but you know um again again we have to take a look at why we're having these interactions with the police we have to understand you, you, this is why i want to start focusing more on the young men because of the decisions and the choices that we're making we have to make better decisions you have to pull over and stop you have to have a car registered. You have to have your license on you. You have to be legit when you're traveling, when you're moving, when you're driving, etc. You have to be legit. That's 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 primary number one. 
Number two is if you are stopped, you have to you have to stop and comply, right? You have an obligation to stop. You have an obligation to to not to run. Now, sure, yes, uh, if and when we run, not we, but if and when you run, um, or if and or things start to go sideways, we want to be able to be taken into custody safely without incident, without shots being fired, especially if uh, you don't have a weapon or, or whatever. But the first, but but the, that step about being taken into custody should come after the things that you have done were correct. The first thing you need to do is come correct, be correct in your actions, comply, and then if things get out of hand, we, we, you know, we'll deal with them at another time. Now there's riots all over the place. Now the city's burning down. Why? Why? Um, listen, young men out there, you have to make better decisions. To the fathers, to the aunts, to the uncles, to the mothers, to the to the grandparents, to everyone, we got to stop enabling this type of behavior. We, we got to stop enabling this type of behavior. Um, it's it's detrimental to us all. It's giving us all a bad name. It's it's causing a heightened sense of awareness uh, within police officers, uh, oftentimes. And it, we we gotta we gotta understand what we're doing, and we gotta understand how to act and react and move when we're around police officers so that is the first thing we have we have to have that discussion uh, we've had the discussion but it does not seem to be permeating through all of society otherwise all of our culture because otherwise we would be stopping otherwise we would be conforming we would we would not continue to have this, these same types of problems so apparently it, there are some news reports that maybe he didn't have a gun maybe no shot was fired there's going to be a, a press conference on July, on July 3rd on Sunday where they're going to fill us in and all the details that they have, releasing a body cam footage and all that kind of thing. But in the meantime, listen, I want everyone to take this as, as a learning opportunity as much as possible, right? This is a tragic event, obviously. It's all sad, obviously. Uh, we don't want this, to, we don't want anyone or any family to have to go through these types of losses. But in order to prevent that, you got to be correct. Drive correct, license, registration, insurance, both headlights working, both taillights working. Uh, d don't have excessive noise coming from your motor vehicle, whether it's music or whatever. Stop drawing and attracting attention. We all know we want to flash and floss to impress the 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 opposite sex, gender, whatever, whatever. Uh, but we have to understand that you have to be correct, otherwise you're going to draw the draw so much unwanted attention as well as the wanted attention and then comply you have a you have an obligation to show license registration and insurance you have an obligation to uh to pull over to stop if they ask you to get out of the car you have an obligation to get out of the car those are your obligations and then if things go sideways and don't go according to plan then you take the the the, the responses um then, then we can respond in kind but you, you can't and shouldn't fight have your cell phone recording hopefully they have body cameras You can everybody can get all their images and, and all that together and we can fight it out another time but running away and then rioting but running away on your part is, is, is foolish and then rioting in the other uh, uh, throughout the city is foolish right so we we got to get this under control we got to get this under control we, we've got to we, we, we push for police reforms and and they have listened. A vast majority of states, police departments, have revamped many of their policies. They have listened and they are listening. 
and we need you all to, 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 to step in and step up and do what you need to do in order to stop attracting this unwanted attention and stop being placed in these types of situations. May 3rd, showed a videotape of everyone. Welcome to the show. Really appreciate everyone who's decided to tune in. Thank you so much for this. Please do me a favor. Make sure that you hit that rate, subscribe and share button. So just to catch everyone up, what's going on. So this is going to be the new channel that we're going to be discussing uh, police related issues right so before we were talking about them on captain hunters podcast i am changing the name of that podcast to hunters podcast and the reason i'm changing the name of the show to hunters podcast is because i really want to focus on um dealing with uh, uh young men right so young men their issues uh dealing with maybe some self-limiting uh, ideas about themselves, things along those lines. So I really wanted to really focus in on, on those things. I really wanted to, to, uh, that's what I want to do. I want to focus on those things, right? Because I, as a young man, I grew up, I didn't have a father. I did have positive, strong male role models in my life who helped guide me, steer me in the right way. I had, you know, deacons at my church. I had uncles. Uh, I was part of clubs and things along those lines. But I, th I think it's very, very important that young men have a guiding role models and principles. So those young men who may be dealing with some issues growing up, they don't have a father. They don't have anyone to talk to. They don't have uh, coaches. They don't have anyone. Right. They're trying to figure out this thing on their own. Right. There's a lot of single led single mothers out there who are trying to raise their children up to be the best that they can be. And I want to really let my voice into helping these young men and be, become the young men that they should be, the positive male role models that they should be. On that end, what I did was I released a video talking about the Jalen Walker situation, the Jalen Walker situation being that, um, you know, the situation from Akron, Ohio, in which a young man was driving down the street and refused to stop for police officers. Once he was stopped, refused to stop for these police officers, uh, they ended up uh, refiring at him. He ran from the vehicle, obviously ended up shooting and killing him dead. So I released a video talking about that. I released it on, on the Hunter's podcast because I thought it was very essential to talk to the young men and to their aunts and to their un uncles and to their mothers and to their cousins, to their step parents and to talk to all these different entities that have influence on these young men's lives and tell them the first thing that we can do and we should do is pull over and stop. Well, the first thing we should do is make sure that we are operating our vehicles safely and in the prescribed manner that's according to law. Make sure you have your license on you. Make sure that you have the vehicles you, that they are about to step behind or sit behind the wheel is registered, insured. Both headlights are working. Both taillights are working. The blinkers are on. They have their seatbelts on. They're not blaring. Uh, att attention getting music uh, from their car, uh, uh, high decibels and all that. And for some reason, this still seems to be a very controversial topic when we try to hold our young men accountable for these types of actions. Now, listen, this is a sensitive subject, and I'm not trying to throw dirt on young Jalen's name. I'm not trying to do anything along those lines. What I am trying to do is use this as a teaching opportunity to other young men out there to first and foremost be legit. Second is to make sure that you comply with the officers. 
and somehow this is, I, I was called victim blaming. I was called disgusting. And listen, I, I can take all that. that. That's not an issue. But the problem is, is that we have a, we have to address, we have to address this attitude and this culture that we have within ourselves, that it's that yes, the police should change. I've done many videos about that. I've talked about that. You can go back to the, to the podcast and listen to all those videos that I have about those types of things. And you can hear and see that, I, that I've suggested that we do what we have to do and what we can do and should do in order to make the, uh, that the police departments are making the proper changes. And they've listened. This is where we get body cameras at. This is where we get dash cam videos at. This is why they changed the laws in some jurisdictions, including Akron here, where they have to release the body cam footage within a certain amount of days. Uh, this is where things uh, transparency there this is where we're getting the press conferences from this is where we're getting tasers from right instead of going always going to the most lethal weapon right we have intermediary steps that officers are taking right we got bans on chokeholds uh while we couldn't get anything in the national level we get some things at state levels right so if you in certain states right if you uh if an officer gets fired or resigns uh from a, from their uh commission um, while under investigation, then that means they can't apply for another job within that particular state. So there's a lot of things that have been happening that we've asked the law enforcement to do and to take a look at themselves. And they've listened and they're doing those things and they should be praised when they when they, when they do those things. And at the same time, we have to ask the community to step up and do what they need to do. And the community needs to hold their children accountable. They're young men accountable. This man was 25 years old, right? I keep calling young man. Well, he is a young man, according to me, but he's still old enough. He should have been old enough to know right and wrong. Again, I'm not trying to throw dirt in the man's name. I'm, re I'm really not. I'm really not. But we have other 25-year-olds, other 24-year-olds, other 18-year-olds out there who need this proper guidance and be told, listen, before you get behind the wheel of a car, you need to make sure it's legit. And the other thing you need to do is when and if you are stopped, you can have your cell phone out, but make sure that you are... Uh, complying with the officers don't get out and run I, I mean listen and yes i hear i hear the complaints that when and if uh our our young men get out and run that they should have the opportunity to be taken back into custody or taken into custody uh without being shot in the back and in things along those lines i i totally agree i have a black son i i, I get it i have black son and two uh, black um, uh, stepsons. I, I completely understand uh, this this way of thinking, and I want them to be safe. I don't want them to be uh, unracially profiled. I don't want them to be stopped because they're driving with a black. I don't want any of that stuff to happen. I really don't want that to happen to anyone. But we've got to be honest about what we're doing. We've got to be honest about these things, and so we've got to we've got to hold our young men accountable when and if these things happen and we've got to we, we can't just have accountability for police officers we've got to have accountability for our actions so i released that video got this pushback so let's fast forward to the to today's video right here so today's video we're going to talk about uh we're going to look at the, uh, take a brief look at the press conference well first thing we're going we're to take a look at is we're going to take a look at the, the body cam footage right so it was first reports were that there was that he was unarmed and that there was no shots fired. Well, now we know, according to the press conference, according to what they released, that there was a gun that was found on the scene. And when you watch a video in which we can see and hear an apparent shot from the car, we hear the parent shot first and then we will see the muzzle flash from the vehicle. The pursuit goes on. The pursuit then stops. We see about eight officers. I think there's like 13 body cam footage cameras. I'm not sure about that number, but we can see a number of officers running up and they all start um, um, firing at uh, Mr. Walker. 
he obviously collapses and and and, and dies on the scene. So we'll we'll watch these things first, and then we'll get going from there. Stop this traffic There was a shot fire right there. there. On the eight south of Talmadge, reason for stop is traffic and equipment violation. At the time of the sound, a flash of light can be seen along the driver's side of the suspect vehicle. Okay, so the next recording we're going to do is going to be uh, the just one perspective of the many um, vehicle, uh, uh, excuse me, of the officers, right? So the uh, number of officers are all wearing body cams. They all kind of run up and, and do what they got to do. So we're gonna we're gonna display that. Uh, just just one of the perspectives. Now, also what I want the, the particular perspective that I'm going to show is you're going to see uh, what I believe to be a senior officer. He's going to be saying ceasefire, ceasefire, you know, giving the hand motions and as well as saying it again. This is what I'm going to address in a little bit is about the noise problem, the training, the noise problems and things along those lines. And I'll address that a little bit after the video. Um, but I also want to bring your attention to is, you know, what are these officers seeing? Uh, why are they firing uh, and things along those lines? So, so that's really, really going to be important as to what these officers saw when they got out of the car. Right. So, so let's get into that. We're passing Evergreen. We're heading towards Maine. Looks like we have some units up ahead at the intersection of Maine. Okay, what I really want to stress from this point on is is the press conference, and I want to echo what the um, chief said in the press conference. And I'll leave the links up here. I'm not going to play uh, these particular portions. Uh, uh, actually, you know, I will play the portion of the press conference because I want to echo. I want to echo what the chief said here. If I can find it here, let me see here. So right now, what I'm going to do is I'm going to play some of the video here, um, and we'll, we'll, he's going to, there's going to be a pretty good question that's going to be asked here. So. I want to play the video and show uh, just a little bit of the press conference, and I think that the chief obviously nails it. Seeing this very exciting video, what is it to you, or for you, what is the most concerning thing in the footage that you've seen so 
So let me just reiterate this for the audio. Uh, so the, the, the uh, member from the press is asking, what is the most concerning thing that you've seen just from the video? And the chief is about to answer right here. Same thing that's most concerning to everybody else that just watched it. I'm going to say this. When an officer makes the most critical decision in his or her life as a police officer, it doesn't matter where in the country this happens. When they make that most critical decision to point their firearm at another human being and pull the trigger, they've got to be ready to explain why they did what they did. They need to be able to articulate what specific threats they were facing and that goes for every round that goes down the barrel of their gun. And they need to be held to account. Right now, as you pointed out, we're in the early stages of the investigation. The officers have not uh, been able to provide a statement yet. I am reserving any sort of judgment um, until we hear from them. Okay, so here's what the, here's what the chief is saying. You will see a number of officers, there are eight who have been placed on administrative leave, right? So here's what he's saying, is that uh, every one of those officers that came up and started firing, uh, if you watch the full video, I'm not going to show it again, but all the all of the individuals who went up to the, uh, went up to Walker and began firing, they have to be able to t articulate why they shot their gun in the first place, right? Why did you point your gun at him? Why did you pull the trigger? The reason and the reason that they did it, police officers are only allowed to use their gun to deadly physical force in certain circumstances, and that is to save their own life or to save the life of another person, whether it's a citizen or the life of another police officer. Those are the only instances where they're allowed to do that. So generally, generally, those are the times. So every time an officer, so when those officers ran up to the scene, here's what's going to here's what they're going to have to answer before their a bureau of investigation. Right. Uh, I think it's called the B B BGI Bureau of an BCI Bureau of Community Crime in Investigation. I think that's what it's called Bureau of Crime Investigation. I think for Ohio, almost like their state police there. And the attorney general is going to have to ask is officer X. Why did you, when you ran up here, we noticed that you fired uh, eight times from your gun, which carries a round of 15 uh, rounds. You fired eight times. Why did you fire eight times? They're going to have to explain when I got there, I saw a gun in his hand or I saw what I believed to be a gun in his hand. I saw what I believed to be him reaching into his waistbands. I, this is what I saw. And every eight of those trigger pulls was a response to that particular threat. I think that's going to be a really, really tough tough for all these officers to answer because he immediately drops. Now, let me, let me back up for a second. It appears as if, uh, and this is something that I think that the chief is going to talk about. I don't know if I'll play that yet, uh, that there is a, uh, still photos of the man Walker, uh, running. And then you, it appears as if he turns around, faces the officer, and then reaches into his hands, uh, reaches his hands into his waistband or waistband area. Police officers are trained that individuals who reach into the waistband are then, uh, this is where they keep their weapons at. So we want to make sure, that's why you hear officers yelling, where are your hands? Show me your hands. Stop moving. Put your hands up. Things along those lines. Because they want to get them away from your waist where generally sire, firearms are uh, secured, uh, secreted, etc. So therefore, that's that's why they're doing that. So here's what here's what we're here's what the officers. This is their this is their frame of mind. So in the still photos that the uh, chief is, as as will will mention, 
in the press conference is they don't know what he's doing. So they will, and this is a rapidly happening event, and they all have to be able to articulate this. They all have to be able to address the fact that this is what happened, that they all believe that this was, the man was reaching into his waistband. Okay. Uh, or or pre presenting some type of threat. Now, remember, the officers are already under the uh, interpretation that a shot was fired. They were they were already under the impression the shot was fired. If he's got one gun, if he's got one gun, uh, they hadn't seen it tossed, so he's got another gun. So this is this is the way that the officers are, are trained and what's going on in their minds. They get up to the scene and they uh, continue on with that frame of thinking. So the the chief here is absolutely correct and, and obviously he's correct in explaining this is that they're going to have to explain to the audience or to the grand jury or to the attorney general to the investigators why they pulled the trigger each of one of the times. And I think that's going to be a tough sell because uh, you see the man drop and you'll see in the video that we're going to play is that the officer is. Um, one of the officers is motioning or the video that we already played that the officer is motioning uh, for the individual, for his fellow officers to stop firing the guns. So if he's saying stop firing, then you got to stop firing. Let me, let me say this from a, from a training standpoint that I think officers really begin to do going moving forward is uh, when they get to scenes like this, they really should start uh, turning off the sirens. Was Jalen able to hear the, the, the commands and directions? Now, okay, listen, you know you shouldn't be running from the police in the first place. I I, I totally get that point. He, did he totally know what he was doing? But you, we have to take into consideration that he may not have been able to hear the command to stop, to get on the ground, to show his hands, etc. Because the sirens are blaring. He's got people screaming at him. Officers are screaming at him from multiple directions. He's got to be able to take in all the sensory information and all that. And uh, the sirens simply aren't helping. So that's got to be something that I think is a training issue that we got to get out of the car, turn off our sirens and even turn it off for ourselves. Right. Because there's crosstalk that we're doing. Right. We want to be able to tell other officers to say, um, hey, listen, uh, you know, watch backdrops. Hey, there's a kid over there. Hey, watch that ditch. Hey, watch crossfire. Right. So we've got to be able to communicate to each other. Right. The, the dispatch is trying to talk to us and our sirens are, are blaring as well. So we got to be able to, to, to we got to be able to watch that. Um, so let's continue on with the press conference and see what else the chief has to say here. There's another question I want to play here. Just last night, I spoke with the union president and he told me that the officers are fully cooperating with the investigation. I do have a problem with, with that. Uh, I think that they got to get, I mean, this happened on what day does this happen? This was on a Monday, which was, I believe May 20, uh, yeah, June, June 27th, a Monday. And by July 3rd, they had not given statements yet. So I think that that's kind of unacceptable in, in all honesty. I know they want to get themselves together and all that. They have to they have to talk about it. Right. This is not like a criminal investigation where they have the right to remain silent. It's an administrative uh, investigation and they have to speak about it or they risk being termination. So they can they can definitely speed up the time frame in which they can get their story straight. They had seven days. Right. So if it happened on a Monday, Get yourself together, speak with a lawyer, speak with your union reps, and by Thursday, Friday, you should be able to give a statement. But that's that's my, that's my estimation. And I think that that lends more credence to, to the public. You know, why do these officers get so much time when my son or daughter is being questioned immediately? So I think it just helps build rapport and transparency. Thank you. Go ahead. 
Chief, the attorney for the family, Bobby Nicello, says that he spoke with you and you told him and you told members of the legal team and members of the family that based on your viewing of the video that you had not seen evidence that Jalen Walker did anything threatening that precipitated the, the gunfire. Uh, your response to that? So when I and I've watched this video uh, so this is where he's going to talk about the still photos. Um, and so for the audio portion out there, you could not see his facial expressions when uh, they were, uh, in my estimation, misquoting uh, what the chief said. But that, that was his facial expression when he when he's saying that um, that the chief saw no reason to shoot. The chief was kind of like, no, nah, I didn't say that. That was his facial expression. So he's going to answer this. More times than I, I cared to. Um, but I've watched it, it at least 40 times. When you see it in real time, it's very hard to distinguish what Mr. Walker is doing. Um, in the still photos, there's a picture that appears to, uh, to all of us that Mr. Walker is going down to his waist area. Um, there is a photograph that appears uh, Mr. Walker was turning towards the officer and there is a picture that captures a forward motion of his arm. At the crime scene, each after the officers were involved in the shooting, they immediately get sequestered from one another and they are monitored. When the investigative team arrives, they do an individual walkthrough of the crime scene. Each officer independent of each other, related that they felt that Mr. Walker had turned and was motioning and moving into a firing position. So again, BCI is gonna do the investigation. I'm not prejudging it. Um, and I'll leave it there. Please. Yes, sir. Um, I wanted to understand a little better the, the gunshot from the car. Was, was there a bullet wound that so, so far, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah. So the question about the gun, whether it was there a wound, bullet holes, uh, and all that. That's the question. Uh, what do we know about the about the shot that was fired from uh, Walker? The way in which that picture uh, depicted where the gun was located, and the way in the manner in which it was placed. Officers are approaching the car on their body-worn camera, and it's capturing it in, in, as they are approaching. Um, after the shot was fired, um, off, I'm sorry, after the shooting occurred, our, we went back to the scene where we believe the shot was fired. A casing was discovered at that location consistent with the firearm that Mr. Walker had in his vehicle. BCI will determine whether or not that casing came from the gun or not. And again, independent of anything we did, the ODOT camera captures what we believe to be a muzzle flash coming out of the car. Again, BCI will be determining whether or not that in fact is the case. As far as the chase goes, and, and wondering if this could have been avoided at all, could you talk at all about the protocol of the chase and, and the point of the gunshot being fired? Does that 
cancel any opportunity to call this case off because of, of the, the gunshot? Thank you. Okay, so this is a question about the chase. Was the chase in line with protocol? And so it seems as if the my interpretation of what this um, reporter is asking is that if, we, okay, we get a shot fired, and I hope I'm not mis misunderstanding what he's saying. If we get a shot fired, why don't we just cancel the chase, right? So we, we started to chase maybe for, for uh, a headlight violation or a stop sign violation. And okay, there's a shot fired, and it seems as if it's, as if I'm going to rewind this, so you guys can listen to it again, uh, maybe, uh, so I can listen to it again. Uh, should we just stop chasing the guy? And that's I think un, un, intolerable. Can you talk at all about the protocol of the chase and and the point of the gunshot being fired? Does that cancel any opportunity to call this chase off because? Okay, so uh, so I, I did misunderstand. So he's saying at the case, okay, we, we can probably call this off because it's just a simple chase, but now he's fired a shot. So therefore, okay, we're not going to cancel. We're going to continue on. That's what the reporter's asking. And I agree with that. Thank you for that question. It's, it, it, it's a great question. So the initial attempt to uh, stop Mr. Walker um, as you heard on the audio, was for an equipment violation and for a traffic violation. Um, I'm not exactly sure what the equipment violation was or what the traffic violation was. We will find that out, or BCI will discover that during their investigation. What was going to be a routine traffic stop, which would probably result either in a warning or a citation being issued turned into a pursuit. As Mr. Walker turned onto um, the entrance ramp to Route 8 and the shot is fired, that changes the nature of the contact. 40 seconds after the initiation of the traffic stop, a half a mile from the location of the traffic stop, you hear the gunshot and then everything else that I've just discovered. And again, that changes the whole nature of the traffic stop. It went from being a routine traffic stop to now a public safety issue. And then the pursuit continued. Have the officers involved viewed any of the video before they And that will be um, determined by uh, the Bureau of Criminal Investigation. Third. Chief, uh, the initial officers on that uh, approach to the car deployed tasers. Okay, I'm going to stop it right there. I think that that's probably enough uh, information. You guys can go over. I'll leave. Once again, I'll have the link in the description here. Uh, so I think that that's really, really essential to um, uh, to what we got going on here. So I'm going to double down. Let me let me just wrap this up here. I'm going to double down, triple down, quadruple down on what I said before about making sure that our children our youngsters, our teenagers, our godparents, our, our godsons, our um, um, all, all of our individuals are complying with the laws. That, that's the first thing we have to do. I've quoted, or at least I'm going to say what a, what I believe is a quote from um, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, in which he said that uh, before we look at others, we have to look at ourselves. I, I'm going to stand by that. Uh, we want to we want the police to look at themselves well we have to look at ourselves right so we have to put in we have to we we have to make the best decisions first of all first and foremost we have to stop the interaction between the police 
in the we have to stop the interaction between the police. We we have to stop that, right? We have to stop putting ourselves in which we're in the direct line of sight. You, you want you want we I'm, we're all trying to save the lives of our young black men. We're all trying to do that. And one of the first things you have to do is make sure that these two entities don't cross into each other's paths. And that seems to be a, a, a lost. That seems to be lost for some reason. It, it seems to be a controversial statement. I want the police to do better. Yes, I want. I want. I want things to go better. I want. Um, I want things to be better, and all that type of thing. But that does not mean. That does not mean that the police um, should. Sh sh uh, that does not mean that we 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 had to take all responsibility away from our children. They have to act right, drive right, uh, not pl play loud music, wear their seatbelts, not be on their cell phones, have their have their equipment working, and all that type of thing. We have we have to uh, we have to 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 to, to do that. And until and unless we get to that particular place and point where we can point the finger at ourselves first and say this is what we, we were doing. Uh, then this is going to be continue to be a, a, an ongoing problem, and we, and it's 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 un, it's it's not an unreasonable request to have our children, our youngsters, our teenagers, our young men, thirty and under, thirty and over, uh, doing doing things and drawing the attention of the police. So, therefore, and I told the story. I wrote this on my Facebook, one of the Facebook posts. So you can go to Captain Hunter's podcast on Facebook. You can read this post, right? So. As I'm responding to this stuff about me being disgusting and, and all that kind of thing and, and, and victim blaming and all that, which it, whatever. <laughs> uh, so there was a party that was going on in my neighborhood, right, for in celebration of July 4th. And they're blaring the music. I mean, it was really, really loud. And it was it was so loud that if I would have a conversation with someone in my neighborhood, I would have had to raise my voice in order, or, or, or in my house, I would have had to raise my voice. That's how loud the music was. It was coming from at least a street over. That's how loud the music was. So here's what, here's what, and here's exactly what I said, that you, in a situation like that, people are going to call the police. Now I know it's July 4th, so more than likely they won't, right? And it's, it's not like they're blaming music all the time. So, but just, let's just go hypothetically. They call the police and the police respond and say, hey, listen, your neighbors are complaining, please turn down the music. I, every cop in the world in America has probably been through this. The music isn't too loud. You're being a racist, particularly if, you know, the cops dealt with this, if they gone to um, uh, a, a black or Hispanic, or a Hispanic um, um, family, even the white family. Listen, the, the people have complained. No, they're not complaining. You're lying. You got nothing better to do. You're driving by, you heard it, and you want to turn it down. You're a liar and all this kind of stuff. Oh, okay. Okay, well, you can, you can, you can subpoena the records if you like, but I'm asking please to turn the music down because it's too loud. We're not going to turn it down. Next thing you know, an argument ensues and an argument ensues into a fight and into arrests are being made. And then people, when people are being pepper sprayed, people are being tasered and little kids are being traumatized because the cops are here and all, all this type of foolishness that's going on. People are being arrested and all this. All of that could have been avoided. If you just would have turned the music, if you never would have had the music that loud in the first place, because you know, the music isn't that loud. You know, you, you, isn't it supposed to be that loud? You know that it, you know that that's correct. So you got the music up way too loud. When the police were come, you don't want to turn it down. You think that they're lying to you. Uh, okay. All of this could have been could have been avoided if you just never had the music uh, that loud in the first place, or if you just would have complied with the officer. Right? The whole scenario that I just laid out. No arrest, no traumatization of the kids, no pepper spray, people cleaning out their eyes, no shutdown of your party. None of that would have happened if you just would have, would have just followed the rules in the first place and if you just would comply when the officers when they responded.
Same principle goes with driving. Just pull over. Have your stuff legit in the first place? When and if you're asked to do something, just do it. You can comply now, complain later. If they, you think you've been racially profiled, if you think the officer was, was out of line, if you think all this type of stuff, then you, then you sue them. Not an unreasonable request. Let me know your thoughts, your opinions, um, and all that. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really, really appreciate it. Make sure you share this video, rate it, subscribe it, all that kind of good stuff. Much love and peace, everyone.